is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. I give a shit. How are you guys doing? I got to tell you something. I am having so much fun with this whole impeachment thing. It really just, I got to tell you, like, I realized today why I'm so into it. And it's because I can actually, I actually, I actually feel like pissed off at all the people in charge of everything, especially a certain group of men that are a certain age and a certain race. And uh, I just love watching them all squirm. And none of this really sat. I mean, I'm I myself am privileged enough that none of this really affects me that directly because I am very privileged that it doesn't. I'm not, you know, whatever in their line of uh, fire. So I am able to just kind of look at it as a, a play. And it's fascinating. I'm really enjoying it. And that's perverted. So um, anyway, thanks a lot for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I have such an incredible guest today. I mean, I know I say that every week, but this week, this week, it really, no, um, Henry Flower is here and he's, he's actually kind of got, I think he's got a lot of buzz around him and he's a really, like, I really, really like his music and his performance. So I'm, I'm psyched about that. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. But uh, first, I want to tell you about our Drive to Five campaign, because you know what? It's fabulous. You know what's great? So we're doing this fundraiser, right? Drive to Five. But what's actually kind of cool about it is that we have these T-shirts. And if you go to Drive to Five, we have these T-shirts, right, that we had made just for this campaign, Radio Free Brooklyn uh, Drive to Five T-shirts. So you should you can get one if you donate just a little bit of money. And it's such a good thing to donate to because we really, we're doing, we're really putting a lot. Do you know how much pressure the people, the hosts here have to raise money for this station? Help me out. Okay. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash drive to five. Get a t-shirt. I, by the way, I made the, um, the Chanel one, but Cosmo Vinyl, who used to be a, a, uh, you work with the clash, get his, everybody loves his. So Henry Flowers here, and I just want to give you in my own words what I think about Henry Flower. Okay. First of all, a lot of what I think about Henry Flower is uh, positive, mostly because I first heard about him through Jocelyn Simone, who is We Color Live, which is a production, management, music, everything every they have a lot of live shows lots of stuff and jocelyn is to me kind of like the word the final word on music and i always really love what i hear when i go to the salon or you know pickthorn salon or wherever but i have i the enthusiasm she put behind henry flower really stood out to me so when my husband, Phil, and I went to see Henry Flower, I was really, really uh, uh, just thrilled because Henry is really weird. And I like really, really weird shit. And I was just surprised that I didn't know that Jocelyn and I had such such taste in common. And so there's so many reasons why I'm really glad that Henry's here. 
Uh, I'm going to introduce him, and he's going to tell you a little bit about his music. And then um, Jocelyn's here, too, and I want you to hear a little bit about We Color Lives. So, hello, Henry. Hello. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit, uh, the reason, oh, also the reason he's here is because, the reason he's here right now is because pretty soon, January 29th, he'll be performing, the, they're going to be releasing a single at the Sultan Room. So Henry, tell us a little bit about like your music and your, you know, what your performance is like, and then Jocelyn can tell us about the Sultan Room and the show. Yeah, it's um, our release show for our single that's coming out called The Waiting Room. Um, uh, the music, I don't, the performance is, is sort of my spiritual practice. It's like a secular spiritual music. So I try to create that sense of like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been tricked into believing that there's a God, but that's sort of the feeling I'm trying to create at the shows where you like feel this sense of, uh, uh, oneness, with everything and or this sense that there is something greater than yourself. Yeah. So it, it's sort of a guys, that's real. I know it sounds, <laughs> I know it sounds big, but I'm telling you, it's a really, it's a really original performance. It's the real deal. Mm. So, um, Jocelyn, tell us about the Sultan room. Tell us about we color live. Tell us the details about the show. Mm, hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we color live. We've been in Bushwick for a while. Got pushed out because of a fire in our salon studio. But we've we've hosted um, a music festival called Color Me Bushwick, and probably had about over the past few years maybe three hundred bands play in the in the salon. And um, in seventeen and eighteen, Henry played. And man, we've we've really just been been fans ever since we met him so um anyway so the sultan room um it's on the 29th we have henry flower jw francis uh big bliss is playing victor longo and then um our client and longtime friend julia coming she's going to be djing and hosting the night so she's a front woman for sunflower bean folks in case you have heard of have have whatever um Okay, and so now we're going to uh, actually these guys. You know what they're going to do? They're going to give us thirty seconds, thirty seconds of the song of the the song they're going to be releasing in a couple weeks. So I'm excited. Tell us about it, Henry. Just a few words. Yeah, it's called Waiting Room. Uh, I wrote it um, when I was waiting for a friend at a pediatric cancer clinic. Uh, I was sort of moved by a clown who came in and was making all these kids who had these really difficult situations um, make them laugh and feel joyful. And, and I was feeling down about a breakup and all this stuff. And obviously about my friend who was going through treatment and uh, just seeing their perspective change because of somebody's actions and performance was so moving to me that I just started writing and writing and writing. And uh, yeah, it became this song and I made it with that friend and um it's about feeling the love when there's uh, a lot of darkness. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. here's a little snippet of uh, of that song.
Well, that was a pow- that's a powerful <laughs> intro to that song, Henry. Are you going to be saying that on stage when you introduce it? Do you think? Um, we'll see how the uh, n- non-spirit moves me. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to wait. All right. So back to you guys. This is my. I'm talking to you, you listener, you <laughs> listeners. The whole like, you know. Uh, three or four, maybe, maybe, I don't know how many people, but anyway, uh, here's three or so 4,000, three or 4,000. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, it could be. Here's the thing about Henry. I'm going to tell you guys, because uh, this is what's so weird about Henry and what mm. I really want to find out about. And I've already, he's, he said, he's going to talk to, talk to us about it. So uh, talk about psychological complicated background. Whoa. <laughs> It's a Freudian nightmare in there. Yeah, it is. And I've got two different ways of describing it that I'm looking at. So he was born into a cult in Iowa, right, Henry? Correct. And then you grew up meditating and moving around the world with a psychic mother who claims to remember being born. Mm, Yeah, you can't make that up. And I'm not. (laughs) And you're not either. Do you really believe I want to say more, but do you really believe that your mother does actually believe being born that do you, do you believe that about her? Yeah. She says it candidly, like every other Christmas she talks about it. And the it. way she talks about it sounds real to you. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. Like you don't uh, have any doubt about it. No. I mean, she's, she's a, an artist and creative and she's definitely like romanticizes things, but she speaks pretty candidly about it and she can go into detail about those things. Okay. Now, also, it says she's a psychic. Do you believe she's a psych? Do you believe she's psychic? Um. Yeah. I. I believe. Uh. She's got a gift for intuition. I don't believe in. Um. I don't believe in like mm, the psychics in the windows, like in the storefronts. No, I know. You I, know, know? I, know I know. I know. But, I'm, that's, yeah. but she. She did like help a lot of people, and people would come to the house, and and uh, there was definitely like an energy exchange that was happening and people were. Def- is, she, is she predictive or is she just perceptive? Or uh, She's perceptive. She, she kind of, w- she'd kind of ask questions and tell people what, uh, w- what their path was when they couldn't see it sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, mm-hmm. and when I was like seven or, or so she, I remember she was having trouble seeing her own path. And mm-hmm. so she like sat me down and kind of gave me a tutorial on how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think at that age, you like, you know, to me, this was completely normal. I didn't think. Yeah. Santa Claus is normal. Yeah, Everything's I, normal. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, uh, you know, and she was like meditating and like trying to fly and do all this stuff. And that was all like, that was just part of my uh, yeah. upbringing. So yeah. I, so I, you know, did what she asked I was a good boy at that age and told her what I thought her path was. And she was like blown away and thought she like, you know, that I'd given her uh, insight that was accurate. So I don't know. Wow. That would give a child confidence. Yeah. Until, (laughs) until you like get, you know, get to public schools and they, you know, when you think about that, (laughs) well, when, yeah, no, I mean, come on, you know, but uh, kids are cruel. So Mm -hmm. when you think back about that now, when you're telling me about that, how do you feel about that, that incident? Like, do you feel like uh, that was great that I was able to help her? Do you feel like that was too much responsibility put on you? Like, what's your feeling about it now? Oh, it was great. It's, I mean, 
it was it was special. So I, it's I, a precious memory for you. Yeah, precious. It's very precious. I'm. I always feel like sad when when I hear people's stories and they're not like out. They're not like crazy. Or they're something. not like yours. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a, no, so, I do know what you mean. Yeah. They're nothing like yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, which is kind of a weird, cool way of parent. Like she, that's a very weird, like mm. most people do not take their kids that seriously. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. She, uh, she had to, she had to like treat me like an adult cause I had to take care of my brother while she was working and stuff. So oh, really it was, yeah, it was great. So, I mean, um, lucky. okay. I just want to finish. I want to finish up why your background's so weird Yes, to my, to, to you list, to you guys. The people who were doing this all for you, you listeners. This is for you. No, this isn't for my health. Uh, Okay. All through my childhood, she meditated. We fled a cult, practiced Judaism for a year, and then she became a born-again Christian. She was and is still a seeker. At 14, I went to a punk show. There I witnessed. This is, I'm reading what Henry said. There, I witnessed and felt the drive to save people with music performance and experience the way I was saved as a young adult. At 16, I left home and had been writing music and practicing a sort of secular spirituality or music as a prayer ever since. So I want to hear about your background. And I, I will say, and I was saying this before, um, I don't know if you heard this, Jocelyn, but I was saying it to mm-hmm. Henry that uh, the place where Henry's music comes from doesn't seem to me the place where a lot of, where most music musicians music comes from that I notice. So I will say that Henry, your performance and your music does seem to come from a a genuinely original place. I mean, I don't know what that is, but I want to, this is what, this is what our goal, this is my goal is. Mm -hmm. I want to find out more about that place where the music comes from. So tell me about, okay, well, first of all, just to shorten the thing, I know that um, you were in Switzerland and your mom and you and your younger brother left when you were four. Start us there. Um, we were in Switzerland. We, yeah, but they, they got a divorce. We, my mom, you know, uh, we went to Iowa and we moved into a trailer park and we started over and that's sort of like where my memories begin. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, it was a cult in Iowa. Um, they don't call it a cult cause that's not good press, but what does that mean? What I mean, what, mm, what I, uh, I don't want to like throw it under the bus. There's like a lot of good that comes out of it, yeah. but it's, um, yeah. And then but, there's a lot but, of like but, corruption and no, I craziness. mean, I, I just want to clarify mm-hmm. the word cult because we all we're, we're reacting to the negative connotation and it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that it's negative. It was definitely, I mean, you have some, po- I mean, it can be very positive. It, it yeah. kept you and your family together. Right. Mm-hmm. But can I, can you just say like what the main focus of the cult was? Was there a leader? Was it a religion? Was there mm-hmm. a leader? Did you, Yeah, there's a spiritual leader who is um, enlightened um, or that we all believe to be enlightened. Mm -hmm. And um, he basically the cult was based around uh, meditation and like the science of meditation. So it was it was trying not to be a religion. Uh, They call it a movement um, Mm -hmm. or a practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So they try to make it sound like it's not um, very 
leader authority figure yeah or or that like you don't have to have a set of beliefs to mm-hmm. be able to do mm-hmm. this but then as you climb the rungs of like uh, uh the, the inev- rungs ev- right inevitable there. hierarchy yeah mm-hmm. you know you start um seeing the power structures and you start seeing like where the money is going and we we basically mm. my mom is really talented and we we had a lot of money uh when my parents were together so when we uh when they split a lot of that money just like went into this movement and we ended up like very broke and that's how i like oh that sounds that sounds sad or yeah yeah it was good it gave me perspective i mean it was not easy for my mom and i feel bad for her but i it was i'm glad i wasn't like do you feel like your mom was ripped off or coerced or something like that like what's your feelings about it yeah she was ripped off but you know it wasn't um you know she was a part in it it wasn't like it wasn't like money was stolen out of our account she was like giving it right you know and also i mean like let's give your mom uh some credit because here's a woman probably pretty young with two kids Mm -hmm. living in a trailer park in Iowa by just moved there by herself from Switzerland. So being part of a group is, Oh yeah, it was, she was vulnerable and that's how mm -hmm. that happened. Right. Yeah. But you know, uh, we immediately had a community and it was, uh, there's lots of Indian music. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's based around it. Well, it's based around, uh, no, um, Indian, Eastern Indian, Indian yeah. yeah. Um, it's the the like guru is is in Indian, and oh. so it's there's a lot of like you know I was like learning Sanskrit and learning about like Hindu religion. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not the experience necessarily. It's mm-hmm. what, but that the path, the yeah. whole like in context, it wasn't because the money. It was really no, yeah. It was really peaceful, and it was if your was, mom, if they hadn't taken. No, because that, so that must have been a big deal that like, so how did you get out of that or what happened there? Uh, well, we just ran out of money and there was there's not a lot of work for what my mom was doing at the time, which is uh, she was like a creative director, advertiser uh, person. I don't know. Wow. She had like her own company. She had a real job. Well, she had her own company and, and there's just not a lot of like creative dir- yeah there's not just a not a lot of business except for working for this um uh-huh. organization which she did and that organization like basically kind of dried up we ran out of money and they moved us to north carolina uh-huh. where they were like starting they bought a mountain and they were starting a uh like a new uh like um offshoot yeah and it was supposed to be like um, what do you call it? Like an oasis, not an oasis, a um retreat. Yeah. Right. Well, whatever. But, like a, but a didn't, really... didn't did you did you guys, did your mom wind up being uh disillusioned by that? Yeah. And is so okay. And were you disillusioned? How did you feel? How old were you? Um by the time we moved to North Carolina, I was like nine. And your ten. brother? He was four years younger. So mm-hmm. And so you moved to North Carolina and then what happened? Did you shoot? What happened? She left. You guys left the cult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she got we had this like run of really, really bad luck that she attributes to like her not knowing how to like um, cleanse her energy after giving lots of mm-hmm. psychic readings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was doing a lot of that and doing the meditation and, and um 
Yeah, we just had insane, like, a laundry list of terrible things happened. Mm. And it ended with her basically um, dying and coming back to life in the ICU. And then she, like, thought she saw an angel and she started... What? Dying? What? Yeah. What? She got got a... What happened? She got this really rare... um, uh, This rare disease or something where she basically got a tumor that grew in her throat it wasn't um jocelyn it was you know this story right it a different a version bit. they're not different ver- i've heard not all not pieces really. of it pieces yeah of it. okay intrigued. so um, no we're going deep here i don't uh, yeah this okay. is like all right this, so what happened so she got uh Go yeah she she no she well she couldn't breathe she like went to the hospital you know and uh and they were like you're you're probably not going to make it. You have to go into surgery right now. And then she was in the hospital for a couple months. And Oh my God. And we weren't allowed to see her because kids aren't allowed to go into the ICU. And we were just bouncing around staying with friends. And I didn't know what was going on. Eventually. Uh, yeah, she, she somehow what? made it through. It was, the doctor said it was like a one in a million, like mm. nobody survives this. But at some point, my mom tells it that she was, um, she, she was raised in like Catholic boarding schools and mm-hmm. stuff in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think there's like a little bit of this, that that's like buried deep in her psyche mm. somewhere. And she had obviously, she was like sort of a hippie and she like got away from all that. And then in this moment, she, she basically, they had to like resuscitate her. She had, uh, like gone into the void. And, um, and she saw an angel who was like, do you like you, all this pain can stop. You can come with us basically, or you, um, you know, or you can try to go back and it's going to be very difficult or something like that. And she was just like my boys and you know, that's how she says it. And she came, she fought through for us, I guess. How did that affect you? Like did, what was, I mean, how does a kid? I can't. I cannot imagine how you, as you were nine, mm. how you, how like what effect or how you process that or you're gonna um, have to be in therapy for a long time for that. <laughs> Jesus, that. I don't no, know. Do you think it? Do you think it had a permanent effect on you? Do you remember how it felt at the time? Um. Yeah, I remember. I remember not really getting it. Um. It's weird. I I remember just staying with friends. And I didn't understand, uh, I didn't get it. I remember, weirdly, I remember seeing uh, Nirvana on MTV and I, we didn't have television growing up. So it was like the first time I saw MTV and I saw it smells like teen spirit. Mm. And that's like the strongest, I remember just being like, I was connected with that song so much. And, and then I remember, you know, seeing her at the hospital when she was like starting to recover that that's. Other than that, I, I don't know. I Do you it, remember being afraid? Do you remember feeling like abandoned? Do you remember like thinking, do you remember like being curious or was it scary or? Uh, I. You don't remember any of that? Yeah, I don't. I don't okay, really. Well, good, because we're going to have to talk about that in, in another session. We're yeah. going to really have to have some free association. <laughs> and yeah, I think I need memory- to We're going to have to get those memories back. Bring a hypnotist in here and yeah. we'll dive deep. And what about your relationship with your your younger brother throughout that? Did you? Um, he's He was such a like a happy-go-lucky kid. Mm. Um, 
I would, I'm, I was really quiet. I didn't really talk and I didn't really express myself as a kid. So, uh, he was just like, he was always great. He was always really happy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later he became dark, Is that right? <laughs> but you know, he's good now. It's mm-hmm. just, but yeah, at that time he was, he was mm-hmm. my little, like, you know, I was protective of him and he mm-hmm. was making me laugh and, mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe having him to focus on as somebody that you needed to take care of kind of maybe maybe helped in a way? Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, I was really concerned with making sure he was okay and I remember like getting feeling responsible for him. So you put so. all your worry right onto him. Yeah. Good parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um and was that I I mean there's there's other Guys, there's other crazy stuff we have to get to. But was that, that seems like a big moment. Was that a definitive moment? Is that how your mom got into Judaism? Do you think that was a definitive moment in oh, your yeah. upbringing, that yeah. whole experience? Yeah, she recovered and we we moved to, to Connecticut to um, be with her brother. And yeah, it, it, yeah, everything changed after that. She And then what happened after that? Where were your well, grandparents in all this? Where the fuck are they? Uh Father's side, you know, not around and um, her parents, her father committed suicide when he was really when she was really young. Oh, and, that's a big one. And the uh, mother was in Germany and sick with um, she had cancer. So it was just yeah, wow. it was just me and my wow. brother and her and wow. we we're a good team. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. You moved to Connecticut and mm. she converted to Judy. You all converted or what, hap- what happened just, in Connecticut? I just remember her like kind of searching. We met some people who were like part of that um, cult who were Jewish because you're allowed to be religious and be in this cult, mm-hmm. sort of like um, Genghis Khan or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, anyways, that's another story. But um, yeah, and and she her her father was Jewish. So she was like, I don't know, let's, and we moved to this great town in Connecticut. That's like 50% Jewish. So I don't know. There was just, Oh, let's try this and like try this new, uh, community. And so we were doing that for a bit and that was fun. Did you go to synagogue and all that? Yeah. I'm a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Did you have Hebrew lessons? No, we didn't get that far. I don't know. (laughs) We didn't get that far, but we kind of just did the menorah. I grew up with Jews. They can be okay. My best friends were Jewish and, and, Uh and that was like a cool whole new world. And Uh was that more of a stable? That sounds like the whole thing sounds really unstable. The whole upbringing that you had. Yeah. Looking back that way. Looking Uh, back. Did you yeah. ever worry about having food or being yeah. warm enough? Yeah. <laughs> you worried about being warm enough? Uh, w- having food? I mean, you worried about having food? W- warm, we were like, you know, it was never, I wasn't like, the heat was on, it was just low. And, and food, we had, you know, it was great at the beginning of the week. And then it was, you know, we'd you go shopping needed- once a week and then start. And, then, oh, and we were wow. on like food stamps and stuff. And uh, so, you know, it was okay. She was good at, we, we like, I'm really grateful. We 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 were fine. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. There's and I've like, been to Africa and stuff. It's just like no, you know, no. we were great. <laughs> no, that's all relative. I just yeah. I just want these you listeners out there in your big fancy homes and like your cushy lives <laughs> to have some perspective. That's yeah, all. It's it's great. It gives you humility. I'm like super um grateful for what I have and mm. so. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, so it's time for another station ID already. Can you believe oh, that? I want to thank fine. everybody for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Lisa, and Dr. Lisa gives a shit. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3. Send me an email. Go to the thing. Go to our RadioFreeBrooklyn.org site. Get our, get, you can get downloads of all, all our archives and everything. Sign up for our newsletter and stuff like that. Uh, at this, and I'm here with Henry Flower, who is going to be performing at the Selton Room on January 29th in a show in, with a whole bill, a whole lineup of people in a show titled Waiting Room of the Great Beyond. It's only $12 at the Selton Room. And, uh, and Henry, we're going to hear another song from Henry Flower now, right? What song? What song, guys? Um, we're going to, yeah, uh, we're going to play as above. So below, this is my breakout hit. And what's it about? What's it about? <laughs> um, it's about balance, about finding the balance between the light and the dark. Okay, cool.
Wow. Love it. I just love that. That's mm. great. It's really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Okay. So anyway, you know, uh, so here's the thing, guys. We we only have like a half an hour left. And I want to get to like the rest of Henry's story. And then I want to grill him about like his his relationship with like spirituality and music today. So I'm going to short. Mm. I'm just going to skip over this one part about where he got in. I think you got into music at this punk show. You went to a punk show and then all of a sudden it was like the world opened up for you a little bit with music. It says here in your bio, it says here, uh, uh, I went to punk at 14. I went to a punk show Uh, there. I witnessed and felt the drive to save people with music performance and experience the way I was saved as a young adult. So there was something about saving people in there. Did you want to save people? What did, what does that mean? Yeah, that's not, yeah. Well, I just, for me, it's compassion, really. I, I, I know you don't like think like. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm not trying. to I know to you be don't a, think you're God, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> we know this. We get. Well, that. I don't talk about that, but <laughs> uh, no. no, I. You know, I don't want. I don't have like a guru complex, and I like clearly see the like positives and the negatives of that. I think. Um, I, if somebody tells me, yeah, anyways. You felt but, like you were part of a group and that like yeah, these were people my, that you could help and mm-hmm. be part of and add to, right? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? My, my okay, mom so was then, part of all these communities and then it was the first time I felt like you, I was part you, of one. You got yeah. that, that you, you're like, these are my, this is who this I am. Is people. So yeah. probably like help you understand that yeah. like inside of you, you were a musician. Did you mm. know that or that you were, that music was your way of expressing yourself? Did you know that before? Uh I knew I knew, I was just writing lyric or I was writing in poetry, my journal. I was writing, writing poetry writing. and then, and then uh, you know, and then playing punk music uh-huh. on the side. And then that punk band broke up and I realized I could put the two together well, and do my own thing. You know, it's interesting because what your mom has demonstrated, I think, perhaps is that like you can change and find a brand new whole entire world and universe like mm. right away, like. Like she's really uh, brave, yeah, fucking brave man. I'm yeah. gonna call that brave, courageous. Oh, she's the bravest person I yeah. know. Yeah, and, she's and you incredible. guys have a good relationship today. Yeah, we have a great relationship okay, now. Cool. Not when I was going to punk shows, but now we do. <laughs> when you were a teen, so tell yeah. me about how you left home at 16, because that's weird too. Yeah, um, she. Jocelyn, how old were you when you left home? Oh my gosh, um... you haven't left home yet. You go back there all the time. It's true. I, I maybe 20. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. I went to college yeah. at eight. That's not okay. So what happened there? <laughs> um, she, she would like date guys and they were all terrible. And, but she was great in that she asked my opinion all the time. And, <laughs> and she met this guy on eHarmony, like, mm-hmm. you know, forward thinker. Pre- Is your mom hot? Tinder. I bet she's hot. Uh, she's, beautiful yeah and like really like cool guys like her right um she's she's like she's uh eccentric sort of so you know yeah she's she's special yeah Yeah, i think some people don't get her and yeah so if you like that you like her yeah and as a kid i was always embarrassed by her eccentricities and stuff but but now i love them anyways she you know i hated basically every guy she would bring home and then eventually she had this long yeah, she met this guy on eHarmony. He lived in Kansas. He came. And for the first, my mom, as always, was like, what do you think of him? And uh, I was like, I don't hate him. 
and that was all she needed. And then they got married. Like, and wow. she. And how quickly did they get married? Uh, a year, uh, they a probably months. knew each other for a year. They'd seen each other a few times, and yeah. And he had a bigger house, you know, in Kansas, mm-hmm. and so and. Uh, you got upper. She she moved to Kansas. Yeah, from Connecticut? she was like, well, you know, and she was like, let's we're all going to Kansas. And she had made a promise to me that we wouldn't move anymore because mm. we moved around a lot. Mm. And um, and so I was like, well, you promised we wouldn't move. I mm. like my friends. I, I'm like playing music here. Uh, you know, I'm not going. And then she fought me on that for a while. And then eventually uh, she was like, OK, you can stay. And you know, she thought I'd join her in a couple months when my uh, money ran out uh, or something. And mm-hmm. um, I just got a job and started paying rent. And a lot of people uh, helped me out. Well, Where you know, were you living? Uh, just in like basements and attics. And Were you renting your houses. own room? You didn't have anybody making dinner for you? No, I was staying with friends, families and stuff. But and like giving them money. Family yeah. Chicks. Yes. Did you get to sleep in the girls' room at that age? Uh, I that was not part of the rules. Like it was not. And what about your little brother? But you did anyway. And then yeah, my brother brother. went to Kansas. Oh, okay. So you were really on your own then. Yeah, and by this time, my mom was like very Christian too, and so was that. So was that guy, and so they went, and my mom, you know, and then my brother became a christian mm-hmm. it was just like how were you feeling then were you like pissed off were you scared were you like uh i was very dark and like you know on the inside of music was my place where i could be that mm-hmm. and then uh and then i was like kind of a jokester and kind of coming out of my shell because i was mm-hmm. really shy but did you have friends yeah i had some really good friends in, mm-hmm. in connecticut and chicks. That's like, you had chicks well and you did the, well with the girls, the cool uh, guy on I, his own, cute. He's really no, good looking I was awkward. I was awkward. Henry, Henry's and, cute. <laughs> thanks. I, I was awkward and I don't know. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Girls love that. Anyway, yeah. you had, anyway, you, you really made it. And then did you go to college? You went to college. So what, how'd you, how'd you get to go to college after all that? Uh, I got a swimming scholarship. I was, oh, I was an Henry athlete. the swimmer. Mm-hmm. And then I quit that because my calluses kept falling off and I couldn't play guitar. So, oh. and the coach was manipulative, but oh. yeah, he was, a, <laughs> he was great. But that's how you, that's how you good. You're, you've got really yeah. good survival shit, man. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. I, yeah. You learn. Yeah. Your mom. Ma- wow. It's all my mom. Yeah. She, I wow. her. And, yeah. And then. Well. So I, I'm really curious. Like, I mean, I find this. I find this really interesting. Um, so I'm thinking about your mom and I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about how Christian Catholicism has a lot of hope. I'm going to call it, I'm not a religious person myself, mm. so take it for what it's worth, but it's got a lot of hocus pocus to it and stuff like yeah. that. And I could see how your mom going to like, might've been set up for those kinds of experiences and stuff like that mm-hmm. and how it could get transferred onto you and how, like there's a lot of really positive things about that, like community, humility, probably, <laughs> yeah. uh, survival. There's a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I still am confused. I want to understand like what the role of like spirituality or this kind of thing has in your music and your own beliefs now today. 
Um, yeah, I think bouncing around between the different religions gave me perspective, uh, especially when you're a kid and your like mind is a sponge and studying all those things. Then I just saw the similarities between them and then, you know, and then going to school and being, I, and I eventually ended up at a really liberal, like crazy school in Vermont. And they, uh, we were just taught to think critically. And I, I think just reading like Joseph Campbell and stuff and just seeing, drawing all the lines. I, I realized that, uh, it was all, it was, it was not all untrue. It was just not all true, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was just something, I, you know, to me, if, if so many people believe so strongly in these religions that they would die for, there's mm-hmm. gotta be something to it. So I just, for me, the only thing I felt really strongly about was music. Um, but music isn't a religion, but music is a part of all religions. And I just started drawing those lines. And to me, there was, there was, I just knew so many musicians who were just, um, atheist and didn't want to even think about Mm -hmm. spirituality, um, which, and spiritual, I wish there was even a different word for it because I also like when I moved to New York, got really involved in this like new age community, but always as the observer <laughs> you're vulnerable to community i'm no it's it's always so out of curiosity involved. i'm yeah. never like uh, i'm never like you, you uh, so you weren't part of it you went to you were observer as you just said i mean i was in it but i i didn't buy it you know yeah. what i mean but yeah, i yeah, thought it was yeah. so cool yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know so henry flower was a project that i like it was really important to me to make um make uh have that level of of depth and maybe it sounds like pretentious or something but yeah it's it was just important for me to like really get to the heart of something without um without making anyone feel alienated by it so sort of like created this like fake religion about the infinite void and Oh, that's, and that's really the, so you, in a certain way, I mean, I've, I've read about the infinite void. I think I heard you talk about it a little bit. Why don't you explain that concept to us? Um, the infinite void is just like everything that isn't um, something, right? So uh, everything in this room, we can like explain and try to like explain with science. And then everything else um, that's like, you can't... Uh, feel or touch i mean touch or see or smell or whatever is uh something else mm-hmm. and a lot of that is explained with people's uh with religions mm-hmm. and i don't feel comfortable using those and using that language and so i've created this this idea that it doesn't really have any answers there's no like scripture but the idea is that like it still i still think it requires attention like it's not it's I don't know to be atheist and just be like I can explain everything with science feels like really sad to me like I love the magic and I love mm-hmm. you know if you look at Catholicism and the stories and stuff in it it's like crazy there's mm-hmm. like dragons and stuff you know and I I like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and I like the Force and <laughs> oh, nerd. so yeah total nerd and <laughs> and I think uh, the Infinite Void is just my little um, it's my way of framing something that's really important to me without. For boxing anyone out you know what i love about the way you explain that mm. that it was hard to explain 
Yeah. And it is hard to explain because it is hard to explain what that is. Well, there's some, no words right. for it. And somebody, you know. And, and it felt very real. That's what I'm telling oh, you guys. Oh, good. Yeah, it felt real, guys. He's, it's like explain. We can't even explain what he's explaining. Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> the inexplicable. That's like what I'm interested in. But what happens when science actually comes up with new theories as like they finally prove like this is true or that's true? I mean, uh, yeah, they things proved, are provable yeah, that sure. haven't been proven yet. So where did those fit in? Well, science uh, is always, I mean, physicists and like quantum physicists will tell you that they like it's always evolving. I mean, they told us there were nine planets and that was proven, you know, and then now what? Pluto's not a planet. It's just, it's always going to. So, so just, you're open-minded about it. You're flexible well, about it. Right. And I think the point is that there's. You know, what's most dangerous right now, especially in the information age, is is uh, people who think that they have the answers. I think that's the scariest uh, thing. You know, like, uh, uh, I feel like, you know, Trump is always like, he's like got the, you know, he's got an answer for everything, sort of. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, this is the way this is and this is the way that is. That's like, that's scary to me. Like, I would much rather be like, these are all possibilities. Like, let's consider all mm-hmm. these and... I don't know. Well, I'm going to say that I think that um, you're moving around and like sort of instability, even Mm. though with, you know, a nice case around it, like probably gave you a lot of courage and uh, comfort. You're comfortable with not knowing, not having things predictable. Mm -hmm. So you're actually comfortable with that whole category of stuff, whatever that undefinable category of stuff that other people aren't comfortable with. And you want to help other people be comfortable with it. Yes, yeah. you are. Does yeah. that make sense yeah. in some way? Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Cause it's making me feel better. Cause I'm like, oh, um, I'm like really uptight. I get like, I don't know, like, what are we going to do after this? What time is it? Yeah. You know, like, I feel like I have to have everything really predictable to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in too much in that it's really nerdy, but I like the idea. I like what you're saying because I like the idea of being able to just embrace the unknowable and like just make it a thing that you can then pet, yeah, and embrace, and, yeah, and mm-hmm. like be okay with. And so you're kind of championing that idea. Yeah, I, I just I like the that. World is really right? really interesting. I. Uh-huh. Don't want anyone to feel like it's not that's scary and sad. Cool. It's cool. easier to deal with. I mean, the world is also really scary, so it's harder to deal with that if you don't also think that it's interesting and beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like wake up at five and go to the beach uh, mm-hmm. and see the sunrise, and yeah, I don't know. You can mm-hmm. try to explain that, but you it's better you, not. You embrace to. the mystery. Yes, I like very that. much. So. I like that. Okay. Wow. I got to think. I got, there's a lot to think about, Henry. Yeah. So do you talk about that in your day-to-day life or are you just pretty much like when you're playing music? Like music is very physical, isn't it? There's Mm -hmm. a certain spirituality to playing music, isn't it? Because it's, I mean, like visual art, you can kind of see like the paints or the brushes or the pencils, but music you kind of is much more amorphous, right? Yeah. It's ephemeral. It, you know, comes and goes and it's a, thing in the air did you actually have music training did you get formal training um a little bit yeah not really as a kid but when i got to college i i um minored in 
in music theory. Oh, okay. Because so. like your music doesn't sound like it sounds like you kind of know something like where it came from. Yeah, I love. I love. <laughs> you have ar- the structure. Of I course. love arranging via like what comes. To yeah, me, you know. And you're also, I mean, guys, like you're also like very. It's not just the music. It's the whole, the whole thing. It's the whole package. It's mm-hmm. the videos. I posted some on uh, Facebook with this note, the notice of the show, and uh, the the videos are very original, and that's why I also really seriously want you guys to go see Henry Flower on the 29th at the Sultan Room because I can play the music all day. You can listen to Henry talk all day, but there really is something uh, particular that you cannot get except from being in the room watching him perform. So um, we are going to have time for one more song, but I, I, uh, before we uh, get to that song, I want to make sure that... Uh, I remind you once again that you are listening to Dr. Lisa on Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere, because that's the, yes. I've only gotten to those. And uh, so, you know, um, you know, here. So here's what you should do. Like, if you want to if you're not at your desk and you want to hear us, you know that you can actually download the app to your phone. We have an iPhone app and we have a android app if you go to our site radiofreebrooklyn.org and uh i'm gonna uh, turn you over to jocelyn who i wanted her to tell you a little bit more about we color live because it's a really great um i don't know business organization and uh, i've got i've personally enjoyed many many of their shows and they've brought great musicians like henry flower and um Julia Cummings and so many great people yeah. uh, they've turned me on to. So I want her to tell you a little bit about that, remind you about the show, and then Henry's going to introduce, we're going to send you out in one of Henry's songs. Go ahead. Um, What can I say except for... What we, do you do? Tell us, tell us, like, we, describe... We love music. Um, we're fans of music. We put on shows. We make friends. You produce films. <coughs> films. <laughs> we produce music videos. We... Um, we've been on tour and, and created, um, we create communities and connections between people of all sorts of, um, I guess you say like positions in the industry. And I think it's about making connections and feeling a part of something and, um, yeah, discovering discovering new musicians. I have this line for you, too. We Color Live is here to elevate your experience. We cultivate a community of loyalty and love. And you know what? That's really true. I mean, um, if you go to a We Color Live event, I promise you, folks, you will you will leave with brand new friends and a really great experience, fun music, just fun. That's what it's about. right? You make the you bring the fun. Okay, and then uh, remind us again about the details about the show, what time, where, how much, where are um, tickets? 7 p.m. door. Tickets are on Eventbrite. You can find it on wecolorlive.com, uh, Sultan Room's website, super easy. What, what's Go the address there? Um, oh, maybe I have it here. 234 Star Street, am I right? Mm. Mm. Oh, God, I can't read this. Uh, it's at the uh, Jefferson Stop anyway. Salt and Room yep. Jefferson Stop. I have it on my uh, Facebook yeah, if, page where if, I post. I'll post it again. And Don't if worry. you can't come to the show and you still want to know about Henry, 
Um, we're doing a show in Los Angeles on February 24th at Moroccan Lounge. And Ooh. the single comes out on Apple and Spotify mm-hmm. January 31st. And our music video we just finished is February 7th. Ooh, so, a new music video. Yeah, Vivo, mm-hmm. YouTube. You'll, and you'll um, see it. Who, and he, he, Henry, did you... You do the videos or you make them up, right? Mm-hmm. You have a really great visual sense. Yeah. I mean, the best thing about I'm partnering with We Color Live has been amazing. There's the music industry has changed so much and it's sort of like, it's not a label, but it's just, it's doing all the things a label used to do. Mm-hmm. And so they produced it and uh, I co-directed with um, my brother and, Ooh. and uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's so it's about really, all the things that we were talking about. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's yeah. very like hard on your sleeve. It it's really beautiful and simple and I saw a draft and I cried. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna really say it feels, I'm getting the chills hearing about it. So there's some really weird sad. vibe in the room. This is like probably, yeah. probably I can't wait to it's see warm it. in here. <laughs> <laughs> in all the ways. And uh so what's the last song for today? Uh this is called Down in Carolina. It's the first song I wrote. Um as Henry Flower, essentially. And um, it's the first song that came out for Henry Flower, and it means a lot to me, but it's about kind of remembering who the strength you have in curiosity as a kid. Beautiful. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks Thanks so much, Lisa. Let's do this every week. I feel much better.